Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Well, blessings everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me again. We continue looking at what the Word has to say about the little phrase, one another. And uh, the ones we've been looking at initially, uh, the examples of that phrase, have all related to how we as the body of Christ uh, are to relate to one another, how we're to encourage one another, how we're to exhort one another, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, that's all good. We're going to look at one today that um, uh, does speak about relationship. But, boy, this is uh, nearly in a negative sense, and it's not exactly the right way to say it. But you'll see what I'm talking about because something is going on that shouldn't be going on. And uh, uh, the Lord says to us, really, you're doing this to one another? Why are you doing this to one another? So let's just go and read it. And you'll see what I'm talking about. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And the Lord is speaking through Paul and he's speaking to the church at Corinth. And uh, it's, it's sort of an interesting thing because uh, Paul had brought the gospel to Corinth, spent time with him, and he left. And he heard about some things going on, so he wrote a letter back to him, and that's what we have here in 1 Corinthians. And he dealt with the fact that there was already division in the body. You know, some of them were saying, I am of Apollos, I'm of Paul, I'm of Peter, I'm of Jesus. And he said, no, you don't need to be like that. Uh, there was a sexual immorality among them. There was one guy in particular who was having an affair with his father's wife. Okay, uh, You have the situations going here in chapter 6, which we'll look at in a second. Uh, you have... Uh, the fact that they were sort of arguing over what kind of food they should eat. Uh, there were things happening in the worship services and the manifestation of the Spirit. You see that in 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 13, and 14. And he gave them insight on how to work that out. And then in 1 Corinthians 15, he spoke to him about the resurrection because there was some uh, misteaching about that. But here in chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians, verse 1, he says this, Does any one of you, when he has a case against his neighbor, dare to go to law before the unrighteous, and not before the saints. So he's talking about that somebody has got a, a lawsuit, or there's a problem, or there's a situation. Something's going on. There's a, a, a debate, there's an argument, for lack of a better term, okay? He says, when you have this, are y'all going before the law of the unrighteous? In other words, are you taking it into the world's courts, and not before the saints? Verse 2, or do you not know that the saints will judge the world. If the world is judged by you, are you not competent to constitute the smallest law course? So you actually learn a lot of truths here, which he doesn't spend time talking about. He just speaks it as if we already know it, okay? That the saints will judge the world. And we can't get into it right now, but that time has yet to come, but it is going to come. And he says, so if you're going to judge the world, are you not competent to constitute the smallest law course? Then in verse 3, he says, Do you not know that we will judge angels? Well, that's interesting. People say, well, I didn't know angels would, were going to be in need of judging. Oh, yeah. And he says, if we're going to do this, how much more matters of this life? Verse 4, he says, So, if you have law courts dealing with the matters of this life, do you appoint them as judges who are of no account in the church? The idea being that you're going outside the body of those who are believers and you're getting the counsel of the world. He said, you know, why are you doing this? Verse 5, he says, I say this to your shame. 
Is it so that there's not among you one wise man who's able to decide between his brethren? But brother goes to law with brother, and that before unbelievers? So he's saying, he's acknowledging, wait a minute, there's going to be times and there's going to be things that arise to where there'll be debate, there'll be argument, there'll be uh, the inability to reach a mutual conclusion about something. He says, when these things happen, why are you taking it to the courts of unbelievers? Isn't there at least one person there who can judge? Well, of course there is. The problem is we don't want them to judge. We want to take it outside. But Paul is saying, no, no, you don't do this. Well, why do we not do it? Well, verse 7 tells us why. Actually, then, it is already a defeat for you that you have lawsuits with one another. <laughs> he said, you know, if you've reached a point where you're wanting to have a lawsuit with one another, you've already been defeated. Okay? <coughs> you've already done some things right here. And it doesn't matter whether it's going to be for the world or for this or that. You, you've defeated, and you've defeated what the kingdom is all about. Then he asked these two questions. Why not rather be wronged, why not rather be defrauded? So he's saying this. Actually, then, it's already a defeat for you that you have lawsuits with, and here's the phrase, right, one another. He said, instead of having lawsuits, why not just be wronged? Why not rather be defrauded? We think, oh, we have a right to this and that. If somebody defrauds you and they're a brother, then you approach them, you seek reconciliation, you seek maybe even restoration, whatever it is. If they refuse to do it, well, why not just be magnanimous and be the person, okay, just be defrauded. I know who this person professes to be and he's done me wrong, but why haul it in the courts before unbelievers? Verse 8, he says this, On the contrary, you yourselves wrong and defraud. You do this even to your brethren. And somebody said, well, well, I'm in the right on this. I'm in the right. Well, you know what? You may be in the right. But just because you're in the right and somebody's done wrong does not give you the right to do wrong to prove you're right. And I lose you there. <laughs> That's what he's talking about. He says, you're wrong. He said, why not be defrauded? Why not be wrong? Why not walk in the humility of one another rather than arguing and fighting one another? He actually picks up uh, an interesting uh, thing that flows out of this. Okay, look, at, I wasn't going to share this, but I got time. Let's do it. Verse 9, he continues the thought. Okay, he's talking, same context. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of God. So you see the context of those very familiar passages right here, that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And if you're sitting there and if you're uh, suing one another and you're doing those kind of things and you're making sure that you're not wrong, you're making sure you're not defrauded, then you need to check yourself. You need to see what's happening because he tells us don't be deceived. And then he has this long litany of things, he says, that will not, these sins that will not inherit the kingdom of God. But then just a closing tremendous word of encouragement. Such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, 
and you were justified. Even though they'd committed what often we look at as abhorrent sin, the Lord washes them. The Lord sanctifies them and justifies them, just as he did us, folks, in the same way he did us. So don't defraud one another, okay? If, if you can't take care of it, then just be wronged. Just be defrauded. But in all things, seek to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of love. Again, I'm Dale. See you soon.